the State of the Union, the editorial board's point of view. I'm Dave Helling. You're on Deep Background. And thanks so much for joining us. Two of my colleagues from the Kansas City Star's editorial board are here for this edition of the podcast. Talk a little bit about the State of the Union speech from Donald Trump. Mary Sanchez with the board. Mary, great to have you here. Thank you. And then Toriano Porter, uh, with a new member of the editorial board, is joining us as well. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Toriano, for being with us. Well, normally when we would talk about any political speech, we'd probably deal with substance first. What did he talk about? And, but let's face it, this is about style more than anything else, or at least mm-hmm. a huge part of what we saw last night uh, was about how the president spoke and what his speech sounded like and what it looked like, regardless of what it might have said. So we'll get to substance in a minute. But Mary and then Toriano, give, give the president, if you will, a letter grade for the style of the speech, how it was written, how it was delivered, how it might have been seen from your point of view. Well, do I have to judge him as what we should expect from a president or for what However, we, um... <laughs> whatever yardstick you want to use. Well, he didn't call anyone names outright, so there was a certain level of um, decorum that occurred, but he couldn't help himself and to slap Latinos over and over and over again. It's just such an easy stick for him. The Americans are dreamers too thing was kind of a backhanded slap. You know, there's 60 million Latinos in the United States. It's like, why do you have to keep drilling and drilling bringing out, he brought up MS-13 members who are God awful, God awful. But it, it just overshadows. There's just no balance. And it's just, it's a cheap, easy pot shot. And at that moment in time, you just wish that he could be the better person. What a president so should be. So what letter grave would you give him, again, on style? Oh, yeah, would... I kind of dived off of that, didn't no, that's I? That's okay, yeah. um, Overall on style, I mean, maybe a C. You know, it wasn't awful, awful. It was somewhat what I expected. It was it was teleprompter Trump, wasn't it? It I was mean, teleprompter. And when he reads from a teleprompter, he can actually hold an audience. He has a bit of charisma sure. in that way. You know, you, you did, even people who would disagree with him were watching last night with this idea that, mm-hmm. well, you know, at least he it, it, it's an interesting thing that he's saying here. It's not like, you know, I don't know, George W. Bush, sometimes you just, you sure. know, fall over asleep. Well, it's scripted. I mean, and so you know his words are, you know, written for him largely. Um, You know, he's actually better. He's more himself when he's not scripted, as most people would be. But I think a lot of people, and you would understand having a TV background, it's very hard to read from a teleprompter and not look like you're reading. Which I think he did pretty well. I will tell you as a TV guy. He, and I don't, I'm not sure a lot of people noticed this, but when he started his speech, he didn't open the paper copy. He just left the – and, and I, I was thinking to myself, that's about one of the most dangerous things you can do because if the tr- teleprompter goes, <laughs> you're, you'll have no idea where you're supposed to be at. You know, at least try and turn the page. You didn't do that. As it turns out, it worked great. Okay, Toriano, so your view. Give yeah. me a letter grade, again, on style for the speech, not just the subject. Yeah, I have to give him credit. He did a good good job of delivery and reading from the teleprompter and trying to make things seem like they were, mm, you know, sincere. But overall, probably a C-. minus. I'll give him a. I'll tell you. I, I disagree a little bit with you guys. I think he did a, a good solid B, maybe even a B plus. I think the speech was That's well fair. written. Yeah, um, true. You know, it was. It, it sort of hung together. It was too long. It was way too long. Uh, as they tend to be, but this one was particularly too long. And then I'll also say, 
if they if the president never picks people out of the audience again as the demonstration of whatever point he yeah. or she wants to make, it'll be too soon for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because what started out as a pretty genuine thing when Ronald Reagan was president has really become a gimmick, a in my view. It's a show. Yeah. Uh, and, well, they become tokens almost. Mm-hmm. And it's almost... And I know they don't mean it this way, and particularly Trump really doesn't. He means to point out the heroes, but you almost highlight them in this odd way, like you have to represent, you know, like I think he was a Border Patrol guy, or there was one, his last name was Rodriguez, you know, you have to be my stellar Latino. It, it, it's uh, it just gets into a weird realm that I yeah. know they don't intend. Right. Uh, my own view was. As he introduced hero after hero last night, and the the stories were just amazingly they, compelling. The, the the ICE officer who took down some you know gang members and all, and I started thinking, you know, these guys all make the president look pretty weak by comparison, and all the people in the room. I mean, suddenly you realize that ordinary Americans have mm-hmm. a greater claim maybe on our respect than members of Congress. Who, no, absolutely. Yeah, who don't point. serve who in don't the military. Right, right, or four years or whatever. I thought he did a great job of highlighting those everyday people, and, and we needed that. We needed that, but like you said, it may have been a little bit overkill. Like it was like every 10, 5, 10 minutes, it was either a standing ovation or a stop and let's look at the audience. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, the other reason I give him a B is because... Uh, the cutaway shots of the Democrats were just devastating, yes. I thought. Just absolutely yes. devastating. Because the president would say, hey, I'm going to put $4,000 a year in your pocket, and they'd cut away to the they Democrats not, not applauding. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stop illegal immigration. <clears throat> and they'd cut away they, to the Democrats, and they're not applauding. They weren't buying I mean, it. there's no way in that setting the opposition party, Mary, can look anything other than stupid most of the time. Well, they were scowling. Right. I mean, it I is mean, just not, really it's stared them down. one in public speaking or public presence facilitator bias learn how to control how your face looks right. when you're not speaking when a camera might pan to you if you're chuck schumer or right. nancy I don't pelosi think they or Nick Durbin i don't think or they care they, they didn't want to be there well they, they need have, to care they the, need to care well here's the other thing that's true toriano you you uh you know when you're at a speech like that and people are going to take pictures like that you have to be aware of the impact that's going to have, Absolutely. whether you want to be there or not. Mm-hmm. And I just thought they came off looking, most of the Democrats just looking uh, uh, just horrible. I mean, you just, you know, it, now they're in a tough position because, you know, the Republicans and the president handed out a lot of candy at the end of the year when they gave, you know, they passed the tax cut. And in essence, the Democrats who oppose that are in a position of not liking candy, you know, or not liking, well, that you don't ever want to be in that position. So you think maybe they could have had a better strategy of applauding politely or smiling sure. or whatever. You know, I'm sure members of the more liberal progressive base wanted them to seem discomforted, but it won't. You know, it doesn't. Their their votes are going to go to Democrats anyway. So so why not show some yeah. politeness, some uh, magnanimity civility. or civility when it's not going to make that much a difference one way or the other? I mean, the government yeah. may still shut down in two weeks. So the idea that if you smile at the speech, it's going to ruin your legislative agenda Absolutely. doesn't make a lot like of sense. It's not like you're standing up and giving them an ovation. But didn't they also? At least one of the commentators that I heard said that a lot of the Democrats just up and skedaddled right out of there so that right it would it's just, I, i'm just not a sure rudeness to it, it. now 
you know, you and I were talking, Toriano, earlier today. Maybe you want to weigh on this. The State of the Union is largely a television show now anyway. It isn't a sense of, well, this is where I want to lead the country. It's really kind of, I mean, I kept waiting for Trump to turn to the Democrats and go, you're fired and you're fired, you know. Exactly. I mean, it's much, almost all about style, isn't it? Yeah, a modern day reality show is what I felt like I was watching. And I hate to say that in the scope of the State of the Union address. But it it just was very odd and very weird for me to watch last night. Right, right. But I, I, again, I give him a B only because I think he understands that format. Mm-hmm. The Democrats were just in a no-win position and executed poorly even so. <laughs> the speech was relatively well-written, if wrong, if, if too long. And again, the the idea of keeping you know calling out hero after hero, we get it. We get the you know these people deserve our respect and our honor. But to make the speech all about that seems but a little aggressive. I think what you to could me. do with it, though, Dave. I mean, because you do have that platform, and even if only a certain amount of the public watches it, there's always the reruns, rewrites. You know, everyone's going to be covering it today as they were last night. What if you really stood up there? and really did give a uniting speech. You didn't do the dog whistles to either party, either side. What if you really spoke as a well-spoken president? Right. That's another reason, and we'll get to this when we talk about substance, but, but for me anyway, but one of the reasons you downgrade the speech is he comes out and asks for unity, which, you know, Obama did that too. They always ask for unity and let's govern together. And, people. and then, by the way, and then went right to the flag. You know, right oh to the God. standing up right. for the flag, yeah. you know. Don't you dare kneel, what, you what, NFL <laughs> players. So it's a completely disunifying, you know, moment yeah. in a speech that's – and and unnecessary. I mean, unnecessary. what's what's the point of putting that in if your whole argument is we need to do all the How about if together? you really cared about unifying, you wouldn't put that in? That's my point, that that by putting it in, he, it sort of steps on his own message, which, you know, yeah, that defines Trump Somebody some else ways. wrote that message at the top of it, and he yeah. put in where he is. Yeah, did you see that too, Toriano, this idea that he talks about unity and then yes. immediately goes to yes, the disunifying exactly. And I shook my head. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But then again, yes, I could. Yeah. So, uh, again, Toriano, starting with you, does, does, did the president, in your view, help himself last night with that speech? Was it, is it a net plus for him, regardless of how we think of the style? Mm-hmm. Did it help him uh, with not just his supporters? I was going to say, sort of say within his base, yes, it did. But, but what about broader than that, in your view? I, I, don't believe we, I don't believe the people that are not in agreement with Trump we're Biden on I, that. I heard some people say last night that it was aimed at the, you know, he's at 40% approval and he needs to get to 50. And it's that 10% French. that he's aiming. It was sort of a center right, uh, you know, reach out to them. You don't think on he style, On style, he may have some people. But on substance, no. Okay, we'll come back to substance. Yes. But what are, what's I, your idea, Mary? Well, I think Did he'd he have to himself? say something different. I mean, he, he said the things that I knew that he probably would and wished that he wouldn't have in terms of the immigration issues, you know, and taking some other little pot shots. He held it together and said some other things and took some credit for the economy, as you, you know, you would expect them to do, but we'll we'll probably deal with that a little bit more. He didn't, to really get to that 10%, I think you would have to offer them something that everyone hasn't heard over and over again. Yeah. It certainly wasn't a reset. No. It certainly was no, an idea that no. he's going to come out and go, okay, the first year was rocky, and 
you know, but, but I want a, another chance, and here's the way we – it wasn't plateau. that at all. He sort of said, let's be uh, united, which every president wants, and then here are the ways we can be disunited on things like kneeling and the other stuff that goes on. Okay, let's uh, take a bit of a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the substance of the speech and what we may have learned there. You're on Deep Background. Okay, uh, uh, Mary, let's start with you. Let's talk about substance. The first third of the speech was claiming credit for a booming economy and the stock market and the tax cut and extra money in your paycheck. And I think most of the fact checkers, uh, fact checkers have said today, well, that's not really, he, he shouldn't claim credit for it. And I, I agree with that. On the other hand, we could not have expected he would do anything else, right? I mean, presidents not. always claim credit for what happens on their watch. And in that sense, I didn't see or hear anything that was so outrageous that uh, he couldn't get away with it. No, not at all. Do you think that's all. true? Oh, absolutely. And, it's, you know, what do you expect? I mean, unless you're in a depression, you know, and I mean like the economy in a depression, not right. a mental health one. Of course you would say that because you want to pump up the public and say, right. look, we're in a good place. Now, if you're you know, well-versed in this, you would know that the trends had started way before him. Several people said, you know, thank you, Obama. Right. Um, thanks right. to a and lot of different these, factors. Right. It's not just the president that pushes right. the economy and there's forward. no and, and, and clearly that argument is, I mean, you have that every president, you know, yeah. it, it was Bush responsible for mm-hmm. the recession or anything else. On the other hand, Toriano, if the economy had cratered over the last year, if the stock market had plummeted, and we would have blamed Trump, clearly. Exactly. So if exactly. you're going to blame him for that, maybe he's at least in the realm of acceptability to take some credit. Well, I'll give, him, I'll give him credit for making good points and making good presidential speak points. But, you know, to take credit for it, I'll take that with a grain of salt, as I do with a lot of the things that the president says. Yeah. yeah. And, and why is that? Because you just think that Obama had more to do with it? No, 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 yeah. no. Just he, President Obama, Bush, any of them, when they give these speeches, I just take everything with a grain of salt yeah, until yeah. I to see the numbers or do the fact checking. Right. Well, or wait a year. I mean, I just kept thinking in my head to a lot of that, you know, the bravado about where we are. I'm like, well, let's see where we are a year from now, because Correct. then you could actually say you had something to do with this, either whichever way it goes. And I do hope that the economy continues to right. grow. And, and frankly, I heard some uh, uh, folks today on television say something I think is important, which is he has really l- locked himself to the economy now based on these remarks. And if it does go south 18 months from now or two years from now, or the business cycle kicks in, it's going to be hard for him to say, well, I didn't have anything to do when it collapsed. I was only involved with the good stuff. So he's really making a pretty big bet on the economy. Yeah, he set himself up for uh, either a, a failure or a, or a success, which is okay. It's okay. Right. A bit of well, a but that's also yeah. the problem of a lack of a nuanced message, which mm-hmm. I understand that messaging, particularly from, you know, a pulpit like that, either podium, I guess, or Zoom, yeah. um, you know, is more difficult that people like more of a straight line. Here it is. You know, here's my dog whistle. That's why right, that right, works. Right. But when you don't have a nuanced message on those issues, you do trap yourself. Right, right. And in an, it seems to me to an inordinate degree, uh, Trump is now locked into whatever. Ha- you know, when you say the stock market is hitting records, well, great. If it and it's drops, all me, me, me. Right. So if it drops 
you know, 5,000 points. That's all you, 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 too. Yeah, and exactly. I, I just think we that's a... We won't hear a word yeah, or a tweet. Well, we won't from him, but exactly. uh, but obviously the criticism will have maybe have more validity when, when that comes. Yes, okay, sir. now, Mary, you mis- mentioned immigration. Let's talk about what he said. He talked about the four pillars of what he wants mm-hmm. in a deal, and he seems to be wanting to trade some path to citizenship for the... DACA kids sure. uh, or adults, some of them adults now, of course, um, in, in exchange for what he called border security and chain migration. Give us a sense of what you heard on uh, policy. Kind of this, just the same things. I mean, he wants to hit at things that he thinks are causing problems, but again, it's a nuance. I mean, immigration is so touchy. It's like if you address one area of it, you'll throw off another area of it. It's very integrated. You can't speak of the border in terms of closing it off, sealing it, and not think that you're going to not affect the economy negatively. I don't think a lot of people realize, and perhaps even Trump himself, that thousands of people go back and forth across the border legally every single day to shop, to work, all sorts of commerce right. is involved. That's a great point. There's yeah. millions of dollars of commerce goes in and out of ports. There's lanes and lanes of traffic at certain areas. It's not like the border is this all this one big massive open space although some of it quite honestly is we don't even know like there uh the national guard was like mapping it several years ago because there's points where it's not like it's a line drawn in the sand it's just you know again it's that lack of a nuanced message yeah so a lot of it when he makes those comments you just know that they're not based in reality do you think he moved the needle on immigration at all toriano and what he had to say i think he moved it for his base I don't think he moved it for the overall sense of the uh, people that's affected yeah, although by when it. you start talking about a path to citizenship yeah. for DACA, you know, for Dreamers, some of his base is not going to be happy with that, <laughs> right? Well, they call it amnesty. Right. But it's, you know, that you need to do something with this group of people who have been left out of legislative fixes. So that that needs to come. But mm-hmm. he still also was barking an awful lot about getting rid of that whole what they call chain migration. That's how most of us got here. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's not based in a reality of how America has always functioned right. yeah, for decades now or really how immigration has been able to really help America. It totally doesn't even well, accept and understand some of that. Yeah, on that point, I think that uh, as a political matter, this is so interesting to me because it's clear that at least for some Americans, a, a small minority, but for some Americans, immigration is like the most important issue of all. Um, but much of that, and the president, I think last night talked about this, uh, is based on this idea that somehow immigrants are taking jobs that would go to Americans. Well, that has some resonance with 10% unemployment. When unemployment is at a record low, the idea that Americans, so-called Americans, are losing jobs to illegal immigrants, to me, rings a bit hollow, right, Toriano? Yeah. That that it, it, it isn't as if they're taking jobs. You know, we're at full employment. If an American wants to have a job, he or she can probably get one. The, the, so that means that your support for immigration reform is not based on the economy, but maybe just base racism. Yeah, and that's where, and that's where ide- that starts to get problematic, in yeah, my view. His thought patterns and ideology is just what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's anti-immigration. Yeah. Well, and that gets into that merit-based system that he wants to go to. Well, right. I mean, there are And didn't some you hear in that sectors. a dog whistle, too, Mary, that, Absolutely. well, let's do a merit-based system, which means let's get people from Norway 
and not from the, I guess yeah. I can say shithole on a p- podcast, yeah. not from those countries, right? Well, it's like, who do I value and who do I assume is going to bring more value to America? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we do have work-based visas for some good reasons for the higher and lower skilled. Right. The problem is we don't have enough of them to fulfill the holes in our labor market. That's right. part of the problem. I mean, and there are some areas where immigrants, particularly those that are undocumented, do compete with U.S. born. But they're generally, it's in other problem areas that need to be addressed elsewhere. They're older African-American men, quite honestly, sometimes compete in janitorial jobs and low service sector jobs. But that has an issue that's based in our own country's racism, that's based in our problems within right. educational systems. Right. So address that. Don't just turn around and try and pit black people against brown people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the subtext of a lot of what we heard last night. Okay, let's move on to another uh, issue uh, or substance part of the speech. Uh, Toriano, we talked about infrastructure, $1.5 trillion. One assumes that's over 10 years, which is about $150 billion a year. But not a lot of specifics there, how he's going to pay for it, how it's going to work. Yeah. He's got this sort of state, local, private partnership right, right. deal. A lot right. of generalities. But the premise was there, and, and, I, and I appreciated the premise, actually. You know, just federal dollars matching state dollars and private dollars. That's a great premise. But like you said, where's the, where's the specifics? Yeah. We're yeah. missing that. Yeah, and that's going to be critical if the Democrats are going to come on board. I think there's a general consensus, bipartisan commission uh, uh, consensus, Mary, of, of a need for an infrastructure bill of some sort. But the devil really is in the details here. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And you know what? This is where Democrats need to step up and quit scowling Mm -hmm. because there isn't anyone in America who doesn't drive on the roads. They don't see the bridges. They Americans understand that we have huge infrastructure problems and that could be a place really for both parties to get it together. Right. And I did uh, Sam Graves, who's worked on transportation for some time, uh, put out a release Wednesday hinting, not saying, but hinting at the idea of a higher gas tax to provide some of the money for this. And there's a lot of, you know, the gas tax, the federal gas tax hasn't been raised for 25 or whatever the number is since the 1990s. And and then it was just raised, I think, a nickel a gallon under Bill Clinton. So that's got to be part of part of the solution, right? Just again, on substance, Absolutely. but 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 boy, it's hard to find, you know, w- w- Eric Greitens is pushing a tax cut and, every, you know, Missouri's roads are a disaster. And yeah. people have said, well, raise the Missouri gas tax. You know, no, he's just said no. So, the ta- you know, raising the gas tax to pay for some of this stuff seems like a really difficult hurdle to climb. They're going to have to do it, though, because, I mean, look at the jobs that could be opened, and they're within probably a lot of that 10%. They might possibly be families that have union within their family historical structure. I think that's true. You know, and there also could be the other companies, maybe a GOP-owned business, small business that could benefit. Right. You could bridge that 10% that he needs by getting the infrastructure contracts rolling. Yeah, I will say this, and I've read some of this today too. Um, if Trump does a tax cut and an infrastructure bill, he's basically doing the Obama stimulus eight Absolutely. years later. That's exactly what the Obama stimulus was. Half sure. tax cuts, half infrastructure, although certainly smaller. You know, the, the, the Trump package is a trillion and a half in tax cuts, a trillion and a half in infrastructure. The, the uh, stimulus bill was about $800 billion. And some people have criticized it for not being big enough. But the difference is that we are not in a recession today. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about, for example, construction workers. 
construction workers are fully employed now. If Absolutely. you dump a lot of money into an infrastructure plan, what you're going to get are, are rising wages, which will be good for them, but the projects will become more expensive and you will have less bang for your buck because you're going to have to pay labor more. And so, you know, there's an argument to be made to stretch this out, to use it strategically and not try to dump all this money in it at once. Yes, yeah, a double-edged sword with most things in politics and right. policies, you know. Right. And, uh, again, I saw this in the Wall Street Journal, which is hardly a liberal organization. They're right. saying, look, you're going to do add to the deficit with the tax cut and add to the deficit with in infrastructure at a time of full employment and not a recession. What happens when the recession well, hits? The deficit will just blow How about even high. before it hits, because everything is a pendulum in terms of the economy. Right. You know what happens when America has more jobs in it than what it can fill, especially if they're yeah, lower the wage. Exactly. Here comes the immigrant <laughs> populations. Okay, great. One other substance thing I wanted to touch on is uh, uh, foreign affairs and the saber rattling that I heard, particularly involving North Korea, where this idea that we can't let them get a, a nuclear weapon and we have to be prepared. And, you know, the president talks a tough game, but I didn't hear anything specific other than, you know, the, the last president's failed and so we're going to be really mean to them, you know short of war, but there are people, Toriano, who think that war is a possibility. Did you hear that last night with North Korea? I can't say that, that that's what I t took from it. I would, God, I would hope not. Um, that that would be a dangerous situation. Yeah, what did you hear, Mary? You know did what? You? It's more, it's a continuation of where he's been on this, and it's almost like every time he feeds in, you do add a little to that. It's almost like goading something that you know is right. ready to strike. And even when he brought up, you know, the defector, who is, an, again, you know, the man with the crutches. You right. know, another great hero, another great story. St astonishing But by story. doing that, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, and they are. They're people that we want to know about and that we want to support. But when you bring that up over and over again, what, what are you poking at? And I... It, North, I mean, it's dangerous That's to dangerous. poke at North Korea. Dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Dangerous. Well, I think that, uh, I, I agree with that, although, again, the story of the, of the refugee was just um, very compelling. Again, my thought was, here's a guy who, you know, kept his crutches and crawled and lost a leg and ate dirt and all the other things that went with it, contrasted with the President of the United States who eats McDonald's, you know, and dodged the draft. I mean, you, I don't know how you can not make that comparison about what real courage is versus the guy who was talking well, about it. Well, then he put down McCain. But, but for, right. I mean, right. that he is an American hero. Well, and that's a good way to end this conversation, guys, and that is we're all talking about the State of the Union, and again, it's teleprompter Trump, and it's certainly, I think we both agreed, on style, C, B, somewhere in there, and maybe on substance, C, D, you know, based on our own views. But certainly not a disaster. Certainly not. No. We're not all no. waking up today no. going, Trump no. just... And yet we know somehow, don't we, that the president's going to step on this performance. Have I checked Twitter yet? <laughs> tweet or a weird statement or, a, or an accusation. Oh, Certainly, the Russia investigation still hangs over his presidency. True. This is true. The, the government shutdown still remains a possibility. And 
the idea that Republicans and Democrats are going to hold hands and agree on almost anything seems just as unlikely today as it did 24 hours ago. Maybe just some final thoughts, Toriano, and then Mary. About right. Well, yeah, we're at a point where uh, partisan politics is what it is, and uh, that's it's going to continue to be that way, and it's unfortunate. I, w- I want to say I wish we could get back to, but I don't ever think we were ever at a point where it was bipartisan. Not in my lifetime. I'm, you know, but a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. yeah people yeah. have been arguing for a long time. It's right. much more uh, pronounced. About, it's much more about being a TV show now than ever. Yeah. In the old days, you'd be divided, but it would be real policy differences. Now you get the sense that both right. sides just go into their corners because that's where they're supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah, and I was going to say that that. Because of uh, social media, people's views are more pronounced. Like you said, there's always been discord and arguments, but now we get these things up close and on Twitter, on social media, which leads to more discourse, which at the end of the day, I wish it was a better way to discuss these differences and enact. Right. Mary, your views? I mean, we're we're certainly talking about it today. No one thinks that six months from now we'll still be talking about the State of the Union, right? No. No. What I do think is interesting, and actually I didn't look up what the viewership was at this point, but I know I was at the um, Women's Leadership Forum event down at Unity Temple, where they had a pretty good crowd, and he kind of lost them because some of them, I mean, they were Democrats, right. they were very anti-Trump right. and it went on to start and on out, and, on. and it went on a little long, and so they were, you know, he's losing them, but there was a lot of people there who I know are very actively involved in politics, in the community, doing things. And, I mean, that's where America grows and moves forward. And I think you just have to continuously focus there. I agree with that completely. And I've written this, and and just as my own final thought, uh, you know, a year after a year of Trump, we think about him uh, and talk about him, and he's, you know, a constant presence in our lives. But real change comes at the local level. And I think the Trump election really reinforces that. And the things that matter in the way we live our lives are taking place in Jeff City and Topeka and City Hall and not so much in, in in the nation's capital. And I think that was reinforced a little bit during the State of the Union. Okay, Mary Sanchez with the Star's Editorial Board and Toriana Porter thanks thanks, uh, with the Editorial Board. Uh, thanks for joining us to talk about the speech last night, and we'll have you on again. Again, I'm Dave Helling with the Star's Editorial Board, and you have been on Deep Background.